welcome to Sothos Security Chat Chat, episode 210 and a half for the 7th of August 2015. You can hear I'm not Chester, I'm Paul Duckling, because Chester is at the noisy end of the conversation in Las Vegas. You're at Black Hat 2015, aren't you, Chester? Yes, I am. Uh, in fact, it's the last day of Black Hat and everybody's sort of winding down from the commercial aspects of things and uh, getting ready to go to DEFCON uh, beginning on Friday. Now, you're going on to DEFCON, aren't you? And you just mentioned that you did not bring your Android phone with you. You decided you'd switch to iOS for the duration. Want to tell us why? Yeah, I, I carry a Nexus 6, and uh, I, I very specifically purchased that phone so that I would always have the latest security updates from Google and uh, you know not have to wait for third-party manufacturers and carriers and things to get me updates. And unfortunately, it seems to be that uh, fixes for the stage fright vulnerability still weren't available as of when I left Vancouver for Las Vegas, so I switched to an iPhone for this week. It seems as though both at least Google and Samsung have sort of been stage frightened, haven't they? Because they've both recently announced that they are going to switch to a more regular update model for for Android, so that'll be monthly. They're going for regularity, not just as and when. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is something we've been waiting years to hear. I mean, we've talked about this problem many times on the podcast, and uh, I've done many presentations on it, and there's always been this uh, concern around when are we going to straighten out the update ecosystem for Android, because it's one huge advantage Apple has, uh, despite the fact that Apple seems to not know how to communicate with vulnerability researchers and the security public, they are in control of their world. And and when they release an update, whether that's for OS X or whether that's for iOS, a huge percentage of Apple users are up to date very quickly. And the exact opposite happens in Google's ecosystem. So we were hoping it wasn't going to take a tragedy to change the way it worked. And I think we might have just found that very thing. We, we had a very serious vulnerability that needed to be uh, considered carefully that achieved the goal of changing the way those updates are delivered without it requiring everybody in the world to actually get hacked in the process. So maybe we can chalk that up as a very slow and belated win. I guess regular updates don't preclude yet more frequent updates, but at least it puts a little bit of pressure onto companies like Google and Samsung with respect to their users, because the users now know that in theory, they should never be more than a month away from the next important update. So they could do a faster one if they wanted, but there's no longer much excuse for letting it take longer than a month, is there? No, and and, and in fairness, I think this is a real improvement uh, potentially for the third parties like Samsung and maybe others if they follow um, the same course, because I would be hesitant personally to buy many of these devices because of the uncertainty if I'm going to get updates. And if there's a commitment that I'm going to get them uh, monthly, I no longer have to restrict my choice to a Nexus device. I can choose many you know, uh, options out there. And uh, that's got to be good for the whole ecosystem, I think. Now, you were saying when we were chatting just before we started recording, you got quite a warm feeling at Black Hat this year about the involvement of people like government regulators. Yeah, I mean, there's two sides to this. There's the concern over things like the Vassanar Agreement that wants to regulate exploits as a, a exportable weapon and control what licenses may be granted to sell products that that, uh, use exploits. And then there's, like you say, the regulatory side where we're trying to look out for consumers' security and privacy 
uh, and, 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 and protect them. And of course, the government's often very ill-equipped to do so in a timely manner. I, I went to a talk called How to Hack the Government, Technologists as Policymakers by Ashkan Sultani and Terrell McSweeney. And uh, it was great to see the Federal Trade Commission, uh, Ashkan works at the Federal Trade Commission, get involved in saying, hey, here's the problem that we face. Our job is to protect consumers. We need help, and here's how you know you can make a difference. I, I found a lot of interest. There were a lot of people in the room, and it's sort of no longer just about hacking all the things, as the theme at DEF CON has been for years. Uh, it's also about hacking all the people. Like, how do we hack our government to work better, right? It's really starting to be a very mature environment, which some people uh, would disagree with. They, they don't believe maturity has a place in Las Vegas, but uh, I, I think it's really uh, it's, it's all quite encouraging. It sounds, from what you were saying a little earlier, that it's not all completely grown up and mature yet, because it sounds as though there are lots of next generation newcomers who are coming along who claim to have solved the malware problem, for example, in a whole new way that never needs updating and you can buy their product and you really can set and forget. Do you think we'll ever get to an ecosystem in computer security where we don't have to listen to that kind of I solved the halting problem sales pitch? I don't know if we'll ever get there, but certainly I don't see anybody around here buying it. One more question, Chester. What's the, is there a lot about the, this so-called Internet of Things, or little tiny computers, as you and I would call them? Yeah, I've, I've seen there's some training courses, and there's some uh, uh, dojos, as they call them, and there's been a, a, quite a few talks focusing on embedded device security, which is the grown-up term for the Internet of Things. There's, I think, a bit of a mixed feeling amongst a lot of the attendees here about it. I mean, there's certainly a layer of concern, and that was a big focus on the talk of the Federal Trade Commission, is, you know, what do we do to regulate the security of these devices? But the other side of that is, I think there's a little bit of um, childlike glee amongst the more hackerish types in the crowd to go, wow, look at all these cool things I can break in and water somebody's plants without their permission. These, these things are all insecure, and wow, am I going to prank my neighbors? Yes, there's a thin line between a prank and a crime these days when it comes to... Uh computer misuse isn't there i just hope that we can get to that point where the people who are designing consumer embedded devices or who are involved you know in the industrial control SCADA stuff start thinking about security first and implementation second rather than this sort of hey let's get to market and see what people like and then once we know the type of digital light bulb they want to buy that they prefer then we'll work out how we're going to secure it let's hope that we can get to a world where it all works the other way around. Uh, I agree, and um, I think uh, as a parting note, I'm, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow in the beginning of DEF CON. I've heard the, the badges this year are a 45 RPM record, and um, I'm really curious what the under 30 crowd is going to do with these things. Well, USB turntables will probably sell out in the uh, electronic shops in Vegas. Yes, I should probably get in a taxi to go to Fry's to get my USB turntable now. We've got a long way past the clockwork days of gramophones, haven't we? Um, unfortunately, uh, they had very sharp needles you could stab yourself with. I think we haven't got that much further in some of these uh, embedded or Internet of Things devices, have we? No, no. And, uh, you know, I think the, the exposure of the brands uh, by some of the more uh, vocal hackers uh, might have some influence on pressuring some of these vendors. There, there seems to be a big lag behind uh, even software vendors in the acceptance of this vulnerability research. The idea that 
hey, I've responsibly told you about a problem. Are you going to fix it? And, and many of these vendors are reaching out to lawyers rather than programmers. And I think by, by talking about this in a public forum like uh, Black Hat Conference, we're hoping that maybe we can influence these vendors to take it more seriously and, and take their approach and put their funding toward better code instead of better lawyers. Yes, I agree. If somebody is into irresponsible disclosure, ha, 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 gotcha, then maybe there's a place for a lawyer. But for somebody who tries to disclose something responsibly and expects you reasonably to respond in order to fix it for yourself and for your customers, the lawyer should be surely your last call rather than your first. Chester, I do have one final question. You may pass on this question if you do not wish to answer. Have you seen anybody wearing an Apple Watch yet? Ooh, I haven't been watching closely enough to see. Ha! A pun! Uh, just like bringing my iPhone instead of my Android, I've, I've brought my mechanical watch, so uh, I think I'll, my, my time is safe. Excellent. Chester, I can hear it's really busy in the background. Uh, I will leave you to wind your watch and carry on meeting and greeting. Uh, have fun, and please enjoy DEF CON. Thanks for taking the time for the chat. By the way, if you enjoyed this podcast, there are plenty more at soundcloud.com slash Sophos Security. Until next time, stay secure.